fun today. I'm like really excited. It's really pretty outside, and so I'm going to try not to keep you long. We're going to be in Romans 8, and we're going to kind of bounce around, but we're going to end up there, and we're going to start there and come back to it. So Romans 8, 10 through 11 is where we're going to be. Um, and I'll read it real quick, and then we'll pray, and we'll, we'll get into it. Romans 8, 10 says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you that you are going to bless us today through it. Father, thank you that you can use me as a vessel to deliver it. Father, I, I pray that the, that the hearts of your people be prepared to receive it. Father, that we would, we would take it and distribute it as when we leave this place. And we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. How many of you guys watched Thundercats when you were a kid? Huh, more than I thought. I used to love Thundercats. Like, we had like 3, 5, and 10. You remember, I don't know, we only had a few channels when we lived in Louisiana. I lived with my grandparents at the time. And I couldn't wait to get home to hurry up and put on the TV and watch Thundercats. And I would get so excited because I really believed that I was Lion-O. Any, any of you that have seen it know that Lion-O was the main character there. And, and he was the one with a sword that would say, Thunder, 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 Thundercats, oh! And a sword would grow and he would defeat the enemy and it was great. So it's kind of a, a, a typical good versus bad cartoon, but it was, it was, uh, it was real fast paced and they would like fly through the air and you could see the wind like whipping in Lionel's hair and he's just like fighting people and, and it, was, it was a lot of battle scenes and stuff. And as a little boy, I'd get really excited and see that, seeing that and I really felt like I, that was me. This whole cartoon was for me. And so when I would get home, at the time I lived with my grandparents, um, and we lived in a really small neighborhood, really small houses, and they were all pretty rough and really small yards and everything. And, and, uh, and what was crazy is as, as run down as most of the houses were, everyone kept their lawn really, really nice. Most people did. It was like the big deal to have your lawn nice and neat. So they had these teeny tiny lawns, but they were so lush and green, and then they would use edgers, and they would edge the edge of their grass. Have you ever seen these edgers with, like, blades on them? So they would edge their grass, and one in particular, when you go down the sidewalk, would edge a decent-sized gap. It's about the size of a bicycle tire. And that's important <laughs> as the story progresses. So he would edge, he would edge it along the sidewalk. <laughs> and so I would get home and I would watch Thundercats and I would get excited and get all riled up. And that's really all I watched. And I'd jump from there and I'd go out on my bike and I'd ride it as fast as I could because I was a Thundercat, right? I just wanted to go as fast as I could. And I was thinking in my mind, Thundercats, oh! And I would ride, 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 ride. And the wind would be going through what little hair I had. And, uh, but one day I was doing that. And sure enough, as, as serious, like, I was a pretty dramatic kid, too. As serious as I was into that, and Tracy will tell you, too, I close my eyes all the time, like I'm imagining stuff when I talk because I get excited about it. But I was doing that. I was so excited that I was closing my eyes, and I was like, ah! And when I opened them, my front tire fell in that little gap, and I couldn't get out of it. And literally, like, freaked out and went over the handlebars and busted my chin and busted my, my knees and my hands and knocked my wind out. Now, I don't care who you are. <laughs> If you think you're the strongest person in the world, when you knock your wind out, there's a split second you think you're going to die. Like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> this is not good. And the most recent time that happened was, you guys might have saw it on Facebook when I told the story about me running outside and sliding on the ice like Charlie Brown, laying on my back. <laughs> it knocks your wind out. And so I fell off my bike and I hit the ground and I knocked my wind out. <laughs> you always... I always go, because you're just trying to, you're getting your wind back or whatever. And for me, I'm trying to run away from it, so I'm just like walking around, oh, I got away. Mm. <laughs> like I want to be okay, but I'm not okay. And I'm looking around to see if anybody saw me, and so I had to do the shame walk all the way back home with my bike, 
because I hurt so bad. My knees were all bloody and everything like that. But right before that, I really thought I was lying. Like, I could feel it. I could see it. Like, I was fully convinced that I was a Thundercat. Like, I could see, you know, in the cartoon, stuff's going by real fast. And I had my eyes closed, and I was just fully convinced that I was lying. And so <laughs> I said all that to say this. We, 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 we really can be convinced that we're something. Like, like uh, perception is, is really important. It's really important what we believe, right? It's not, it's not just that we're convinced of it. Like, Lionel didn't give lectures about how to be Lionel. <laughs> and it was just, it, it, was, it felt real to me. It was so convincing seeing it on the screen that I thought that that was me and that I could be that. And so, when we get into, hang on, let me get my digital device back open. When we get into understanding who we are, um, and just as, as Romans says, in verse 10, now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, I don't have to convince you that you're righteous. That you're righteous. I can't convince you that you're righteous. You can't convince me that I'm righteous. In the same way, verse 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring life to your mortal bodies. Now, I'm not going to spend the next hour and a half telling you about how the Spirit lives in you. I'm just kidding. We're not going to be here that long. But I'm not going to spend this time to try to convince you that. I'm going to give you a few proclamations. I'm going to tell you exactly what the Scriptures say that we are, and then we're going we're to have a little bit of time of prayer, and then we're going to move on. So just know that this is not something that, I, that I'm trying to convince you of. Now, as I began to look at, as we went through this whole, this whole idea of, of Inside Out, which I didn't tell you at the beginning, but Inside Out is what I'm calling this, and, and uh, the thing is that, that when we pray for healing, a lot of times we think that, that we're praying for something um, that we don't already have. We want healing to come on us. But the fact of the matter is, is that we are already healed in Christ in us. If the Spirit lives in us, we're healed. If sickness is trying to come on us, it's the opposite. Do you understand? It's, it's, a, it's a perception issue. And so when I looked it up, I looked up sozo. And sozo is Greek, and it means saved, healed, and restored or delivered. And I just like, I like the, the restored part because I, be, I began to see healing and restoration. As I began to study this and see Sozo, I began to see healing and restoration, being made whole. Does that make sense? And so what I see is people are not sure about miracles in the physical. They're not sure if it's real or if it's true, and people doubt. Have you all ever heard people doubt miracles? Well, how many of you know that it's a miracle that we're even saved? I mean, isn't it? I mean, the fact of the matter... <laughs> is that we're not righteous, but we're made righteous. That's a miracle, right? Our sins are forgiven. That's a miracle. I mean, these are very miraculous things. If these are truly what we believe, if we're Christians, we believe these things are true, then these are miracles, right? It's not a real stretch to think that he can heal our physical bodies. If we believe these things supernatural in our spirit, these things should not be a huge leap to manifest naturally in our bodies, right? It shouldn't be, but sometimes it is. When we were talking about heart a few weeks ago, we were talking about heart disease. Do you guys remember that? Heart disease is the number one cause of death, basically. If your heart don't work, you don't work very well. And so when I began to study hearts, I began to see how it had its own little spark plug, and it, it, like, it has its rhythm that it does. And so in the heart is where God says he puts our spirit. And so physically we understand what a heart is, but spiritually the heart is, is interchanged. When you look back at the Greek, it's interchanged between mind and spirit and soul and heart. All those things were were interchanged. They weren't separated in Scripture. Like we think of in our time is heart is emotion and your brain is logic. But that's not what Scripture teaches us. Scripture teaches us that a spirit is in our heart. So everything flows out of that, not 
into it, right? Remember the guy like this with all of his arteries? And so everything flows out of the heart, and it, it supplies blood to everything. What's interesting, I forgot to tell you last time, is it actually supplies its own blood supply for its own muscle to keep it pumping. That's pretty neat. I thought that was interesting, too. It doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about, but I thought it was cool. Um, but our, our hearts and the leading cause of heart disease and heart attacks is stress. So our hearts are protesting our spirit. Think about it. Our physical bodies are not happy with us. <laughs> are not happy with our spirit if our spirit is not producing life, which it should be. Does that make sense? Think of it this way. If, if we gathered up, a, like we had a little convention or a meeting of bodies separated from spirit, and they had this meeting, and the bodies, one body said to another and said, hey, my guy, my spirit, is miserable. He, he, just, he has a lot of anger and bitterness, and he keeps my stomach in knots, and I'm stressed out all the time. <laughs> and he's talking to another body, and the other body goes, I love my guy. <laughs> my spirit that drags this body around all the time, he loves people, he's not stressed out all the time, he's free to do all these great things. We need to have a convention of bodies. That's what we need to have and talk about our spirit inside us. And so what our spirit produces should, should be manifesting in the natural. Does that make sense? Amen. So this should come out of us. It's not something we have to put on and convince ourselves that it's true. So what's, it's evident in that, AJ was telling me the other day too about how this guy fully believed that he was going to freeze to death. He got locked into a freezer and literally froze to death. Or he died. I don't know if he froze to death. But he died. They found him later and he wrote something on the wall saying, please help me, I'm going to freeze, I'm going to die. They opened it up and the, thing, the thermostat was set to like 69 or 70. It wasn't even freezing. It was just cold and he had convinced himself fully that he was going to die in there and freeze and to the point that he died. And that's how convinced he was. And it's not, it, it's, it's believing it's really, really fully believing that that's truth. There was another two people in hospitals. This is a true story. Two people's charts got switched up. One of them was really, really sick, deathly ill, and the other one was completely fine. Their charts got switched. So the doctors came and told them, hey, you know, this guy's, they told the, the guy that was well that he was really sick and told the guy that was sick that he was really well. It took them a while to figure it all out. Several weeks later, they went and found him. You know that the guy that was sick that they told was well got better? And the guy that was well that they told was sick got worse? It's a true story. This happened. He was fully convinced that he was sick. And you guys know that I've been through the same thing. I was convinced not that long ago that I was, I was dying. I mean, I was a goner. I thought my whole body was shutting down. I was telling Emily, my, I think my kidneys are shutting down. Emily, she was like, you're crazy. Your kidneys aren't shutting down. I was like, I'm serious. I read it on the line, and I'm dying. But I was fully convinced that that was true, and it began to manifest in my body. And I remember driving home from Birmingham after I went to the emergency room up there, and my neck was so stiff, I remember like giving myself a massage to try to settle myself down because I had to drive back from Birmingham. But it was, it was me being convinced that I was sick was manifesting in my body, and I was so tense that I had knots in my stomach, and my neck was stiff, and I was trying to like settle myself down. That's how weird we can be when we're fully convinced of what's going on in us. So what's in your spirit will manifest naturally. Does that make sense? Well, know that you're whole in your spirit. This is a truth. The thing that keeps a lot of people from being healed physically is condemnation. I've seen people that say, I don't deserve to be well. When did we ever see Jesus tell someone to keep something? Well, okay, you can't walk, you keep that. <laughs> I don't feel like healing you today. We watched a movie the other night, we watched Risen, and uh, even though I critiqued it a lot, it had some really good parts in it. And I, I did. I'm really critical of movies, and I really have high expectations for movies, especially Christian movies, because I want to see 
I don't want people to say, well, that's good for a Christian movie. I want, I want them to say, that's a good movie. You know what I mean? That's just me. I'm weird. But anyway, but there was a really cool part in there where <laughs> it was really a casual part. It wasn't really built up or anything, but Jesus went over um, th- this Roman that was, that was trying to figure out who he was and all this stuff. Jesus goes over to this guy that you know, had bumps all over his face and he was all messed up, and he healed him. And it was funny, one of the disciples said, yeah, he does that all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, you see, he did that all the time. Like, it was just so laid back. It was so funny because he's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's how Jesus is. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't punish people. You don't see Jesus through Scripture saying, oh, I think, I think you need more bitterness in your life. I think you need more strife and anger and frustration in your life. I don't ever read that anywhere. He says that he gives us his spirit, and his spirit gives us joy, peace, right? These are things that, that are produced from his spirit that lives in our heart. These aren't things that we have to convince ourselves that are true. These are truths that we just have to receive, right? The same way we were talking, I was praying earlier about being an orphan. You just have to accept it. Listen, did you earn salvation? No. Did you deserve it? No. It's the same way with healing. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to figure out a formula to, to, to be healed or figure out who the certain person is that can heal me that has this specific anointing. It is Jesus in us that heals us. It's already there. You remember we talked about metanoia, repentance, changing the way you think? We're not, we're not fighting sickness that's in us. We're, we're, we're revealing Christ that's in us that fights the sickness that's trying to come on us. Listen, it says, let me see, I might have got ahead of myself, but I want to tell you this, this is good. The moment you set out to get something, you just told yourself you don't have it. I'm going to say that again. The moment you set out to get something, you just told yourself you don't even have it. If you're trying to cause God to be good to you, you don't believe he's really good. Right? Is there anything that we can do to make God better? <laughs> amen. I'll amen myself on that one. If you're trying to cause God to be good to you, you don't believe he's even good. He's good to you because of who he is, not because of what you're doing. And the fact of the matter is, when he begins to manifest his nature in us, he's got a divine nature that he lives in us. Christ came down with us to show us how this works. The law came, was given to Moses, but grace came through Christ. So when Christ came down here with us, he showed us how it worked. And so he went around doing what? Announcing the kingdom. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. That was his only message. He ran around and said, the kingdom of God is here. The whole kingdom of God is here with me. I brought it with me. My rule and reign is here now. Now, when he left, he didn't just leave. (laughs) He gave us that same spirit. This is where we get sozo. Sozo is wholeness. It's healing. It's deliverance. It's, It's wholeness. It's everything all in one. Don't settle for healing when God wants to make you whole. We want healing. We're going to receive healing. This whole series through April is going to be about healing. But don't just settle for the healing because he wants to make you whole. Think about the ten lepers. You remember the ten lepers that, that, that uh, Jesus healed but only one came back? And he said, your faith has made you what? Whole. Ten were healed but only one was made whole. Receive healing. It's for you. It's in you. But don't just settle for just a physical healing. He wants to make you whole. Why does he want to make you whole? I'll tell you. Because <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> uh, 
is so that we can give others this wholeness that we have. Christ came to love through you, not just to love you. He does love you. He does fully, and you were made whole in him. And he, his divine nature is now in you, and he lives inside you. But he doesn't just stay there. We have a purpose. <laughs> we have something we're here to do. A friend of mine, just his, his birthday, I saw him on Facebook. He, he got this thing for his birthday, and I want it so bad. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's called the Extreme Experience, and it's where you can go. And I didn't realize it was so close to New Orleans, and this is, <laughs> this is a shameless, uh, shameless request. Maybe somebody will get me one day. I turned 39 in April. I'm just saying. So we, we, uh, <laughs> he got this certificate that said, you look, he was like, check out what I got for my birthday, and it's an Extreme Experience. And you get to go to this racetrack in New Orleans. You get, to, you get to pick out whatever supercar, Ferrari, Lamborghini, and you get to drive it around this track. And I was like, what? <laughs> I want that so bad. That's amazing. But, but as I was thinking about that, actually just now I started thinking about that because um, I was going to use a different example, but that reminded me of that. As I begin to think about that, I think about those supercars, and I, I love cars. You get, most of you guys know me. I love cars. I begin to think of those cars. Whoever designed, let's just say, a Ferrari, whoever designed that Ferrari knew what it was going to do. They knew what they were doing when they designed it. Whatever engineer put however many horsepower and whatever turbos and, and specific types of brakes to stop it. It's, its purpose, it had a purpose before it was built. Does that make sense? Um, and if it doesn't do anything, it's pretty worthless. <laughs> if it just sits there, the gas goes bad, um, things begin to rust, it's, it, it's not good. And it makes me sad when I see old, really cool cars rusting away in barns and stuff like that. But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. It just frustrates me. So back to what I was talking about. These These... These cars are built for a purpose. In the same way, pur- purpose precedes production, if you want to call it that. God knew what he wanted us to do before we were made. So he put, us, he put a purpose in us before we even created. Does that make sense? We're not, we're not designed just to sit here and receive, although it's good. We, we do receive. We're designed for him to love through us so that when we're made whole, we can go out and do that same thing with other people. We can make them whole. We can pray for them. And, it, and it, takes, it takes all that responsibility off of us because it's not us that does it. His spirit is in us, but it's not me. It's his spirit that heals through me. And when we recognize that, it, it's freeing. It's like, eh, I can pray for anybody. What if they don't get healed? That's the first thing. People, well, what if something doesn't happen? What if they don't get healed? That's God's business. That's not my business. I'm designed to love, and so that's what we do. Does that make sense? Well, here's what's cool. He didn't just design us to do that. I'm going to skip way ahead. I'll come back. (laughs) He didn't just design us to do that. He gave us authority to do it. Did you know that? Did you know you have authority? Three three specific places, Luke 4, Matthew 7, and Mark 1, says they marveled and said he teaches as one who had authority. Matthew 10, 1 says he, he called the 12 to him. Jesus gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every sickness and every disease. Verse 7, it says, as you guys basically, you go out and announce that the kingdom of heaven is here. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Authority, the definition of authority, get this, this is pretty cool. The definition of authority 
is according to the nature of reality. Think about that for a minute. Jesus wasn't an idealist. He didn't have good ideas and say, hey, <laughs> you imagine Jesus saying, hey, try this. <laughs> See if it works. Everybody else has good ideas. Try my ideas. Maybe my idea will work. Jesus didn't say that. He spoke with authority. And he says he gave us that authority. He wasn't a moralist. That's what the world thinks. A lot of the world thinks Jesus was a moralist, right? He's got good morals. That doesn't make any sense at all. I love, C.S. Lewis puts it a great way, and I'll tell you, it, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's like saying, it's like saying, okay, humans, <laughs> I've created you. Now, I kind of made you broken, <laughs> but try really hard to do all the right things. That doesn't make any sense. That's not, that's not a good God that would do that. How frustrating would that be? And how many times do people do that? Even people in the church continue to do that. I need to try harder to make myself better. <laughs> good luck. You can for a little while. But what's interesting is, actually, I uh, hung out with Billy the other day, and he, he, I didn't think about this before, but I was saying, I was saying how it's not about us. It's, 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 uh, we can't puff ourselves up with, with basically religion and saying that we know all this stuff. And, and, and what he said was interesting because he was saying that, that if, we, if we truly think that we can do it, that that, that builds pride in us like the Pharisees had. And then we think, and then we think it's about us. Amen. That's not right. Who we are is who he created us to be. He created purpose in us before he created us. And then he gave us authority to, to do what he, what he came here to give us to do. So all of it takes the emphasis off of us. It takes, takes the responsibility off of us. We just receive it. What do he say? Freely you receive, freely what? Give. How'd you get it? Did you earn it? Did you deserve it? We just receive it. That's it. Simple. Simple. So healing, or authority, is according to the, to the nature of reality. Jesus is a realist. <laughs> healing is a, rea- a reality in the kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we talk about souls and we talk about healing, this is not a great idea or a movement or something this church has or this person has or something I even think is a cool idea. This is reality. In the same way, Christ lives in us is a reality to us. We just have to believe it. The same way I was convinced I was lying, oh, <laughs> and those people with the flip charts believe that they were sick and well, we can... We can change the way we think outwardly from our spirit out. Metanoia, change the way you see things. So when you go out, this is, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, when I was upstairs in youth, this was several years ago, and several people were praying for me, and I remember seeing, and the reason I get down here is because I saw it down here, like right down the middle of this aisle. And I don't get visions all the time. Actually, it's been, I've got one, one recently, but even before that, it was several years since I got one this vivid. And we were upstairs in the youth room and had several people. We had invited the parents, I think, and several people were praying over me, and I got this vision. I'll never forget it. And it was specifically for our church. So you guys received this. This is for you. <laughs> it's not all on me. So, but I remember seeing it, it appeared almost like a zipper. You know how when you zip a zipper up, it comes together? But it was puzzle pieces. You know how you put a puzzle piece together, and it has the pieces that fit perfectly? And I saw feet walking, and every time a foot stepped there, it went together like a zipper. And it was puzzle pieces being put together. And as I began to, <laughs> as I began to pray about this, this, this whole thing with healing and, and our church and us moving in it, I was reminded of that vision, and that's who we are. 
as we walk out, as we walk out of this place and walk out this door, we will bring restoration to people. We'll see puzzle pieces like, like, that, like that zipper being pulled together when we take a step because His Spirit is within us. And when we, when we pray for people, we're going to see relationships changed. We're going to see, we're going to see people that, that thought they were unworthy realize that they're sons and daughters. We're going to see physical healing. I'm not afraid to say it. We're going to see things happen. I'll be that guy. We're going to see limbs grow. Right? But it's going to be us <laughs> together. Tracy and I have been meeting with several people lately, and I just, I didn't have a really close family growing up. We had a few people. It was me and my mom and my sister, and my grandparents, and my grandmother passed away when I was in high school, and um, we ba- I bounced around a lot. I lived with my grandparents, lived with my mom, lived with stepdads. I bounced around a lot, and and I remember thinking when uh, when my friend, uh, I've told some of you this too, my friend, uh, my friend who witnessed to me who got saved, um, went into full time ministry and he was a pastor. I remember thinking to myself, this is before we had kids. Me and Tracy may have just been dating, yeah, because it was it wasn't long after I got saved, so. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I remember thinking, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to ever be a pastor of a church. Sunday to Sunday, dealing with people and drama. <laughs> and I was like, if I ever go into ministry, I want to be an evangelist. Like, just come into town, shake everything up, and just, just get out of there. <laughs> and then the pastor's got to deal. pastor's got to deal with all that junk. But I tell you what, as I've matured, and I'm not discounting either of those things because they're both important, but it, me personally, as I've grown up and we have kids now and I see you guys and we hang out and we get to know you guys even more, um, some of you I know really well, and some I'm just getting to know you more. Um, it's just such a blessing. Like, I can't even express how much this is just like a family. You guys are our family. Like, I can't tell you how much that means when you guys text or email and give us encouragement. But, but that's who we are. <laughs> I mean, that's who we are. And so as we progress, and this is my, and you guys know my vision for this, as we progress, we're going to do more and more outreaches and the reason we do that is because I want you guys to be strong and operate from the Spirit. And, and me too. I need it too. So as we do it together, it strengthens us. As we walk together and we do things, we, we're strengthened, we're encouraged. We can laugh. We can joke around. We can play. We can see things. We can see miracles happen. We can see lives change. We can see them all together. And so I just want to encourage you. We're, we're going to... Emily, if you come up and play for a little bit, we're going to... Um, we're going to have just a, just a time of prayer, but I, we're going to do it a little bit different. Um, if you guys will stand up with me, I, uh, I want you guys, if anyone, let me see how I want to do this. If, if anyone is dealing with any physical, any kind of physical issues um, right now, small, big, whatever, just raise your hand. Any kind of physical thing going on in your body, just raise your hand. Um, Andrew and Melissa, can you guys come up front? Um, what we're going to do, everyone that raised their hand, Melissa texted me yesterday and said that she just wanted prayer for her dad. Her dad's been, most of you guys know what's going on with her dad, but he's been out of the hospital with a few different issues, um, a lot of issues. Um, but what we're going to do, all of you guys that are dealing with something, I, I read this, let me read this real quick before we do this. I read this the other day, it was a, a friend of mine. Uh, his name's Tuan May. He would have been an awesome Thundercat. <laughs> Tuan May, it's a cool name. Anyway, he lives in New York, and uh, he, he's, he has a ministry up there. 
And as I was studying for this, he posted this, and I was like, oh, man, he's, he sees it too. Um, and Tracy read it, and she, was, she told me the other day, she said, uh, she said, oh, I thought that was you, and it was incredible, and then I saw you quoted somebody else. I'm not the only one that has the Holy Spirit and can hear this stuff. Like, I'm, like I was, she was disappointed. Anyway, but he said, Jesus taught whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets, Matthew 7, 12. We were all born with, this need, with the need to receive love. If you need an encouraging word of affirmation, be the first to give it. If you need a hug, be the first to give it. If you need a thoughtful gift, be the first to give it. If you need help with your chores, be the first to give it. If you need quality time over coffee, be the first to invite someone over for coffee. Like I threw in coffee at the end there. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave. You're never more like God than when you give, especially love. The same kind of sacrificial love Jesus showed us through his death and resurrection. Jesus doesn't just love us. He loves the world through us. He fills our hearts with the Holy Spirit to make the golden rule supernaturally possible in our lives. So all you guys that raise your hands, I want you guys to come up and pray for Andrew and Melissa. Yes. Listen, guys, as you come up uh, to, fr- to pray for Melissa's dad, pray for Melissa and Andrew too um, because they, this is hard on them. This, As you know, we, we've even talked about we, we begin, we get exhausted and, 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 and frustrated in this. And so just speak life and truth to them. I mean, that's, it's not complicated. You don't have to have a specific prayer or anything in mind. You just receive from the Lord and just love them. So you guys, everyone that raised your hand, come up. I want you guys to pray for them. Listen, don't, don't, put, don't put too much emphasis on your personality. It's not about you. God can work through you. Father, you heal because you're good. It's not because of anything that we can do, Father, but you can do it through us. Father, thank you for Andrew and Melissa and for her father, for everything that he's done, Father. We pray complete wholeness in him. Father, freely we've received and freely we give that. It's who we are. You've designed us to do this. Father, thank you. We we fully receive that. In Jesus' holy name.